one in front. Have a very special nature. One we've worked hard together to unlock. There comes a time in every podcast life where a two-hour recording is lost to the abyss. That time has come for old fogies and films. When we originally met to discuss Brandon Cronenberg's possessor, something hinky happened and the entire thing was not recorded. I'm not overly superstitious, but it was our 13th episode. I don't know if you guys realized that. <laughs> I had no idea. I will say I can't do simple math. Like if I have to do like eight plus five, I have to be like, oh shoot, eight, nine, 10. Like I have to like count, but I can do like percentages, like nobody's business. Yeah, but thir- 13 is always, for some reason, confused me too. I'm always like, is that 13 or 11? Like six plus seven, Nine plus four. I can do that. I'm okay with that. I can do that that better. I I always have to take a second and be like, okay, that nine plus five is 14. So nine plus four must be 13. Maybe it's the number 13. Like I'm, it's cursed for me or something. (laughs) I can't add it up. Lucky 13. Or it is actually a lucky number in, um, well, in, in a lot of cultures, but I just found out specifically Italy considers it a lucky number. Oh. Isn't it weird that we don't have like 13th floors still on some buildings? That's so weird to me. Would you all live on a 13th floor? My favorite soccer player, her number's 13 and she's pretty. <laughs> so maybe. I'm not sure. I would have the number 13 as like a sports. I don't know if I would live on the 13th floor, but but you are living on the, just because we changed the number doesn't mean it's not the 13th floor. That's <laughs> what Oh, that could be an idea for a horror movie where they're like, oh, we're just going up to the 14th floor. And everyone's like, well, that's fine. But it's like, it's still the 13th as far as spirits are concerned. So <laughs> that you're still going to yeah. get possessed or something. And when and you see the scene in the elevator where they press the 14th floor button and they get off on the floor and then it pans over back to the elevator and the button falls off to rele- reveal 13 underneath. No, 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 Ooh, no. no. What should happen is the, the button should, it should blink erratically and then there should be, it should, uh, the three should burn through oh, the through four them. and be like, I'm actually 13. <laughs> you watched too much Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> That's very Freddy Krueger. Like, <laughs> So we're meeting again to share our thoughts on this film, though this might end up being a refreshingly short episode since it's all been said before. RIP all the incredible things that we said, just know we were learned and profound. Okay, so. As mentioned, we're talking about Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, which was my pick to go back over what this movie is about. In, in the basic terms, it is a movie about a shadowy organization that is contracted uh, to assassinate people by the rich and powerful. And they have a very interesting uh, technology to use to achieve this, which allows them to put somebody's consciousness into another person's so that that person is actually doing the killing. And they usually pick somebody close to the target that they will conceivably be a reasonable scapegoat for the authorities once they find out what's happened. You know, somebody who had uh, already a motive possibly uh, in play. Uh, But our lead character, our lead assassin um, is struggling to separate her identity during these assignments. So in the uh, current assignment, she cannot seem to keep control of the host and she gets kind of trapped inside him. And uh, they both struggle for power and it ends up a big bloody mess. Uh, So my thoughts on it were, uh, I just rewatched it a second time so we could do this. And honestly, it made a lot more sense this time. It wasn't totally confusing before, but everything sort of fell into place for me this time. And I I think I liked it even more. So my rating is probably gonna be slightly higher. Uh, not that I remember what I rated it before. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was very well done. A great sci- science fiction movie. Uh, it's very, very tense. Um, they did that very well. So uh, I-, I liked that. Uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, uh, let's do our usual rounds where each person can just briefly say uh, what they thought of the film. Um, especially if you watched it again. Did your opinion change whatsoever? 
uh, or it's now that you've had time, more time to think about it, um, has your opinion changed? So let's go uh, with Fahad first, because he's right under me, which is funny because I'm actually right under you in the basement of this house. <laughs> that is true. That is where I hear the voice coming from. Um, so yeah, so I did not watch the movie again. I did uh, stop watching TV this evening for about 30 minutes and just sat at my computer and took down notes, just going through the movie in my head uh, so I could be ready to go for this. So here I go. Um, overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, it, it was suspenseful and kept you on the edge of your seat. Uh, what I liked about it was that, you know, it's the movie, obviously it's called Possessor. So it's a movie about possession, but it's not a supernatural movie. Like going into it, I was ready for a supernatural movie and I was excited for that. At first I was a little disappointed. I'm like, oh, this is technology based. It's not an actual supernatural. I guess technically you could say it's supernatural because it's not natural, but still it's technology based. It's not like somebody like a ghost or something or a demon taking over a person. Um, but once I started thinking about it, I was like, this is a pretty cool take on the usual possession kind of movie we've seen many times. Um, so I like that about this movie. I uh, thought the concept was cool. Uh, there were a lot of parts that were gorier than I was expecting it uh, to be, uh, especially when the main character, uh, she took possession of this guy who, um, as part of her contract, she had to get the guy to kill his girlfriend's husband and kill the girlfriend. So the scene where he's killing the girlfriend's husband is very gory, involves a, um, what do we call it? A fire poker? Is that yeah. what we called it last time? <laughs> a fire poker. Well, I think humanity determined what it's called, not just us. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> but shoved it through the guy's eye and then like smashed his face in and you saw his teeth falling out. And it was a bit hard to watch. Um, I wasn't no, really- No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. Um, it was until I started watching Slasher, which <laughs> is like full of gore. And I'm like, oh, I can watch anything now since I've watched that. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so back to the movie. Um, some things I, I wasn't expecting it to be that gory. Um, I was also not expecting to see Jennifer Jason Lee in the movie. Uh, I feel like the character that she plays, this kind of cold-hearted boss uh, character, is seems kind of natural for her. She seems to play kind of cold-hearted well, um, going back to her younger years as well. Um, but uh, I do think, like Eric, you said, watching it a second time helped you helped it make more sense. Like you said, it wasn't a confusing movie, but there were moments where you couldn't tell who was in control of the body. Was it the assassin or was it the real guy? Uh, so I can see how watching it again might help make a little more sense in that area. I was thinking it might have been cool if they did an effect similar to that movie we watched previously, uh, Parallel. If uh, you all haven't listened to our podcast for that, go back and listen to that one. Uh, Good but plug. Parallel, you what? Good plug. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Um, but with Parallel, whenever uh, they were in a parallel world, if I remember correctly, it was kind of this weird wavy kind of visual. So you knew that something just wasn't normal. So I thought maybe that could have been cool if like we're seeing it either through her eyes or his eyes again, like something just looked a little weirder so we could make sense. But I think part of it was so we weren't quite sure who was in control. So yeah. it makes sense uh, for them not to make it that obvious for us. Uh, some other things that I just had, uh, was thinking while watching the movie was I had a lot of questions about the technology itself. Um, this is where we've talked a lot of times in our past podcast, another plug, um, about <laughs> movies we would love to see a prequel or a sequel or a movie in this universe. Um, I think for this one, It'll be a little hard to do a straight up sequel since the main character dies, spoiler alert. Um, but it would be cool to see other movies in this universe with other people taking over bodies and assassinations and stuff. But I really would love to see a prequel. I wanna see how the technology was invented. Why did they originally invent it? Was it always meant to be used for this kind of assassination stuff or was it for another purpose? It was um, for like therapy. Yeah. If it was for that kind of purpose, at what point did this evil organization take control of the technology? Oh, um, I want to interrupt one second because for something you just said, you said our, our main character was dead, but I guess that depends on who you think our main character is. Because Andrea Riseborough, Voss, is not dead at the end of the movie. <laughs> and she's no, the main character. The main I, character. I, yeah, I consider the assassin to be the main character, the Taysa, Tys, what's her name? Tasia Voss. Well, she didn't. Die. <laughs> she what? 
She didn't die. I thought she died at the end. Nope, she's totally alive. Okay, then maybe no, remember I remember she is just fine. Like the butter, she talks about the butterfly and like. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, thank you. Something but I. Our, but our main guy that we spend a lot of time with, yeah. he does unfortunately. He dies. Yep. Colin. Thank you. Um, see, that's what happens when you don't watch the movie again, and you've watched a lot of stuff in between. Um, so I guess you could have a sequel. Um, but anyway, so going back to the questions that I'd like to see them answer in a prequel, I also want to learn how um, these like people hiring this organization, how do they hear about the organization in the first place? Because I felt, feel like if everybody knew about it, then you would start having people question things, especially like when it comes to murders and stuff that all of a sudden becomes a defense mechanism of, yeah. uh, hey, maybe they were possessed. Maybe it wasn't them actually in control of the body when this murder occurred. You know, that's a whole new thing to the uh, like uh, criminal uh, prosecution kind of world. And then there are some other things I just had questions about when it comes to a prequel learning, like how long does it take them to, how long did it take them to figure out how long a, a conscious could be transferred into another body before it starts deteriorating and the person who had their mind transferred, they die. Um, at what point do they learn that, oh, we need to recalibrate them every day for, you know, like the days that they're in the other body. Like what were those types of trials like to figure out how to get this technology right? Um, Sadly, I think a lot of medical, medical technology was developed through um, a lot of pain and suffering and death of human beings who were the first guinea pigs. Yes. So it was probably similar, you know? Well, they might have actually originally tested on real guinea pigs first. Well, that would be interesting. Do you want to be in the mind of a guinea pig? <laughs> it might be very liberating. <laughs> I didn't mean transfer a human into a guinea pig. Well, you I have to they know might... if it's working. <laughs> Yeah, they might have guinea pigs with different personalities. <laughs> what? <laughs> you won't know, though, if the other guinea pig knows it's in another guinea pig. <laughs> it would freak them out. Um, let's just cut out this entire guinea pig conversation. I have one last question about it, though. Fahad, you won't eat pork, but would you eat guinea pork? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you actually aren't supposed to eat any animal that has, like, claws, and guinea pigs have little claws. And claws and... They're not supposed to say the word guinea. <laughs> Really? That's offensive to Italian people. <laughs> really? Uh, Italian people? What Guinea. about the country of Guinea? <laughs> or Guinea-Bissau? Or French New Guinea? I'm teasing, but it is like a... It's a so what, what do we call these animals now? You can call them guinea pigs. You just don't refer to people as guinea. Oh, so you don't say people are guinea pigs if you're testing on them? No, you can say that. <laughs> You don't just say he's a guinea like that. Oh, okay. oh well, I've never heard anyone say. That. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've heard that before either. I don't hang out with a lot of Italians. Though, so. <laughs> I wish. You, Eric, you do the Grillos. Oh, see, I don't see them as Italian. <laughs> they just no. do not read Italian to me. And then Shelly, you hang out with her every Thursday. Shelly's Italian. Yes. Her 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 maiden name was Giulio. 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 Well, Takiya and I wish we were Italian because we're obsessed with spaghetti. <laughs> I, I, we were, I was definitely Italian in another life. That's for damn sure. Uh, me too. <laughs> well, that's a good segue because if Fahad, if you've wrapped up mostly, I will move on to Takiya. Um, or Fahad, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. I, I'm good. I can end. <laughs> okay. Takiya, you can go next. <laughs> well, I, I like the movie. Um, I... Once we talked about it um, from our last session, I, I started, it was kind of confusing at first with who was in whose body and whatnot. But um, once we started talking about it, I realized, oh, yeah, okay, this is starting to make a little more sense. Um, I thought at first it was going to be about supernatural demonic possession, and it wasn't. It was a different type of possession. So that was kind of interesting about like, the whole kind of the concept of an assassin possessing someone else's body. I don't think I've ever seen it done in another, um, in a, a as a movie concept before. So this, this that was new to me. Um, and then, um, oh yeah, well, assassin possessing someone's body to complete a hit. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. And um, I would say my um, one of the interesting parts of the movie was where one of the characters he um, started to realize that his body wasn't in, he wasn't in control of his body. So he, um, I guess. 
once he realized that something was possessing his body and, and realized who it was, he was he wore the face, the rubber mask face of that person, and some of the he, 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 some of the scenes were, were done again with him and wearing that, that mask. That was very creepy and very about an interesting take on the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was an, a nice surprise to also see Jennifer Jason Lee who hasn't seen since single white females when you know the movies that she's been in and um, yeah. So that oh. That, so yeah, that, that was, I, it was very good. So that was, um, it definitely carried the title science fiction because I found out there was more of a science fiction movie. So I, um, I liked it. Yeah, I, it was really, good. that's my. Okay, uh, Ruth, would you like to go? Oh, sure. Okay, um, so I was, I'm not always a big fan of horror movies or sci-fi, but um. It was kind of hard with the goriness for me to get through. Um, but I will say I didn't watch it a second time, but I did watch, well, I've watched it a little bit briefly. So I think if I kept on going, I think I probably would have understood a little bit better because I was kind of, I would say, confused with all that. I don't know that I paid, well, I paid a little bit more attention with um, as far as the lady explaining everything. So then it's kind of a effed up kind of job that, the ladies willing the other ladies willing to do but um yeah I kind of would get um I thought it was real interesting how she was able to possess his body but sometimes I would be confused on me like he was really in control yeah I think the the weird thing that we didn't discuss last time is that um and I, I did it didn't occur to me either but when you get put into this other person's body to take them over the whole time they're still like underneath kind of and you can probably feel them down there and that must be very very strange that you're you can feel yourself pushing another person down so it's never it's not like you're ever alone like the body's yours all of a sudden it's like you are keeping control of it and um and i guess for some of the assassins it's it's something that's a little easier for them one thing i noticed i noticed a lot of things that i hadn't noticed before one thing was that it seems girder which was jennifer jason lee's character it seems like she's way better at this than boss because even though she kept saying like oh i'm a little too old for this i can't you know i don't have the control i used to she when she was in that little boy's body at the end you know the, the boy got shot she didn't flinch you know it's almost like she disconnected herself from the pain of that body and it's like well that's impressive like she's not even letting it bother her whereas everything that happened to boss she felt it and could not control herself, so. Well, I was wondering if that was kind of, like, I know we were saying that we that people are confu- like confused about who was in charge. I was wondering if that was kind of the point of it, like, yeah. was she, could she could not take, con- so you didn't know who was really in control. So it might've been confusing to the viewer, but that was, that was maybe how the person was feeling that they weren't in control who was really in control yeah. it's the kind of battle of that yeah. those characters uh, ruth if uh were you did you wrap up what you wanted to say initially yes then, then this is a good moment shelly if you just want to continue yeah, with your thoughts about it i i do want to continue <laughs> good <laughs> um so i i wasn't crazy about the movie um, I thought it was really interesting. I really liked the premise of the movie. I thought it was interesting. And I, I remember saying that it felt to me like minority report kind of. Oh yeah. So then, then I was thinking like, does the government, I think maybe we touched on this last time, like, does the government know about um, this technology? Wouldn't the government jump all over this? They could use this in other countries. Like, but then that would affect our country. Like, so I was one wanting, and I think Fahad had said like to know the um, the like history of it. So I kind of wanted. I wish the movie had started with a little bit more of that knowledge. So their their start, the starting scene, it was shocking, and it kind of drew you in to see. It was like a gory scene at the beginning. So that did draw you in, but I kind of wish they had started it a different way. And I wanted to know more of the past. I wanted that explained a bit more and like, who knew, like who was allowed to hire this? Did only the, obviously the super, super rich people know about it? Because think about how much, then I was like, how much does it cost to, 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 this is pretty like, 
intense. There'd have to be a lot of research. Like, how do you find out which person to go after? How did they know the boyfriend would be, you know, I kind of got wondering about that. Then I was also, I was surprised that the father was not dead when he took that fire poker and like shoved it in his mouth and the teeth like popped out. That surprised me. Like, how did he not die? That, that's an interesting point because um, when I was rewatching, like it, it was much easier because I wasn't um, distracted by trying to understand because I right. you know once so I just was able to like relax a little bit so I noticed a lot of things I didn't before and one of them was because I was curious about that too I was like is, is he really like still alive and there is a moment where there's a newscast you can hear the broadcaster say that he is mm -hmm. so I, I feel like that is definitely happening in the world but then there's that moment where they show him like in the wheelchair but uh but Voss like walks up around him and clearly that didn't actually happen because she couldn't have been there so I wonder, like, was that really an image of him? And was he, like, imagining her? I mean, but he has no idea what she looks like. So I was like, are they really showing us that he's so, like, so well already that he can sit in a chair? Like, I would think he'd be stuck in a hospital for months and months and probably never come out and be brain damaged. So yeah, I'm yeah. still not sure if he's really, like, okay or not. Yeah. But um, I guess he didn't die, technically. Well, but, yeah, uh, yeah, because of the, the newscast is what... Yeah. That's that, that soup that surprised me a lot. And then it also surprised me. Like I get what they were saying. So she was not, um, it was kind of the struggle between she's being pulled between her child and her husband and this job. And obviously the job wins out because her son and husband die at the end. So that was, that's a hard, that was just, that was hard that was just hard for me. <laughs> like, I, like I didn't, I couldn't find that believable. I couldn't make myself believe that. Um, well, you're, you're a regular person, I guess, right. With a, with a family of your own, it's hard to imagine that somebody would have a family, but not really feel connected to them and just kind of yeah. go away. Yeah. So I found that hard to relate with. Um, clearly, she, clearly she struggles with it though. Right. Because otherwise she wouldn't have a problem with them. She wouldn't even go back to visit them. So she must right. still be like asking herself, do I still want this around? She's not ready to but, let it go. <laughs> right. But then the butterfly, I guess, at the end is supposed to symbolize that that like that's gone, right? Yeah. Or at least that's what I thought yeah, about. To, yeah, just to to like say it out loud, the the fact that um when when her when when uh, when her when the body of Tate and her son are dead, the blood pools kind of make that butterfly and then also when she comes back and she does her her exit interview she sees the butterfly that she had killed at one point but is no longer guilty for it so it's almost like yeah the death of those people severed her need for guilt because she has no more actual human connection there's no one else that she cares even a little bit about so it's all gone <laughs> yeah so now that we're talking about it more it's not that i disliked the the movie it's just that it was that i guess it was disturbing to me yeah, well, I guess it's supposed to be, <laughs> right? Sure. But yeah, right. It's, it's hard to relate to somebody, to a sociopath. She's, that's basically what she is, right? Right. And in, so is Gerda, right? Yeah, and Gerda, Gerda had a very euphemi like a euphemistic way to, to describe it. it there, I remember there was a line where she says to Voss, you have a particular, what is it, like a particular personality um, that we've worked very hard to unlock, something mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, well, it's a nice way of saying she's a cold-blooded sociopath who doesn't yeah. mind killing people. But I mean, the scary thing, she's a little bit, I just realized this, uh, Voss is a little bit like Dexter. She seems like a regular nice person. She can pretend, but she has this bloodlust because she's not just a sociopath who doesn't mind doing things because that would just be like shooting the target. But she seems compelled to like bloody them, like bludgeon them and stab them into pieces, which she does to more than one person. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't need to. It's not necessary, but she wants to. Yeah, that's true. She actually kills her own uh, ex-husband the same way she kills that first guy in the beginning. She just keeps stabbing until you like, it's not even like a, a, not a, there a anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I actually, like I said, I noticed a lot of things this time around because I was a little more relaxed and ended up liking the movie more for that. 
Um, to go back to a couple of things that, that a couple of you said, I think you and Fahad specifically talked about how you, you going into it, you thought it was going to be a certain thing or that, you know, it's science fiction, but you wanted to know more about the technology. And so I guess um, to that point, it's, it is a science fiction movie, but that's, but they don't focus on that at all. Really. They don't bother to explain much. The movie is really about the other stuff happening and it just happens to be the science fiction technology that they're using. Um, so yeah, so it's not like a, I'm trying to think of an example, like, um, uh, I can't think of anything, like Ad Astra, where the whole thing is like science fiction is, you know, ships that take you places and the whole, you know, spectacle of that movie is, 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 yeah, is the, the level of technology being used and how far human beings can go. This was just sort of like the technology was like the base that they could build this interesting story on top of about a person, about the concept of identity and how you can sort of lose track of who you are. Um, so let me look at my notes because I want to point out a few things and see if anyone else noticed those or if, if you remember them now, if you didn't rewatch. I mean, I noticed again that she, you know, she, we see her, pretending to be Tate when she's going to take that job. Uh, um, so she practices the way he talks, but we also see her even practicing the, apparently the way that she talks before she goes to see her family again, mm -hmm. which sort of tells you like, there isn't even a real Voss. She's, she's, she's not pretending to be herself. She's trying to pretend to be human. Cause it's like, well, how hard is it to say, Hey, how are you? You know, what's, what's going on today? Like that's, you don't have to practice that. She's practicing being an actual person. <laughs> which is weird, you know, which proves again, she's not, she doesn't have like, a, you know, a soul the way other people do. Um, I was wondering if you noticed, uh, like when she is visiting her son, he's got that weird robot and he says, the son says, I can make him dance. And the robot's really creepy looking, by the way, it has a face that kind of reminds me of the mask of her that he puts on later. And he makes the robot dance. It's like, oh, that's really, it's really ironic because that's basically what she does to people all the time. She goes into their bodies through technology and then makes them dance for her. And what happens to the boy later on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing happens to him. He becomes that robot. Yeah. Somebody makes him dance. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I wanted to repeat something I had said before, which was you said you were surprised that uh, to see Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, and that I, I still think that's really cool because she's in this movie directed by Brandon Cronenberg, which is the son of David Cronenberg. And she was also in a, a movie directed by him, the father called Existence with Jude Law. And so now she's, she's worked for both father and son. I think that's pretty cool. And, uh, and the movies are actually a little bit similar. You should, you should watch Existence. It's pretty incredible, but it is, a, it is a trippy movie kind of inception style where you're not really sure, like, am I in the right reality? Because I've lost track of what this technology has done to me. So it, it's fascinating. Uh, but I, then I, I, what I hadn't thought about last time, and I did think about on this viewing, was that, uh, you know, she's most famous probably for playing in Single White Female, which is a movie where she tries to sort of take over the identity of another person mm -hmm. and gets violent and murderous doing it. So there's a little bit of an Easter egg there, I guess. Oh. Hey, Eric, quick question. When was Possessor, when did that come out? 2020? Yeah. And when was Slasher season four? filmed i think 2020 the reason i'm asking is yeah. bear with me for a moment okay <laughs> flasher season four starred david cronenberg yep but it also starred two people who are in possessor in That's one right. way or another that were in the same season with david cronenberg so i'm curious did david cronenberg get convinced by those people to join slasher or did David Cronenberg convince his son to cast these two people that he just filmed an entire season of Slasher with? That's a good question. I tried to find the answer because uh, when those Slasher people popped up on the first viewing, I, I was like, okay, does Brandon Cronenberg know the showrunner for Slasher, Aaron Martin? Like, are they friends? Is that why they're in this? It's, it seems a little strange to have two different people. Um, and, and uh, I mean, David Cronenberg, he does act every now and then, like he was on Star Trek Discovery as well, just in like a, a like a B-level part on the, the last season that aired, but, um, but it's not a usual thing. So I thought it was really cool that he showed up for this. So yeah, I'm curious if there's, that would definitely be something to ask Brandon Cronenberg or one of the cast members if we see them at a con. Do you know how this happened? Is there a connection? 
Well, it's also random because Christopher Jaco, is that how you pronounce his name? Um, yes. Canadian, French Canadian, right? He wasn't really in the, his picture was in the movie. And that's the weird part too. They were like, we just need a picture for a guy that's not going to actually have a part. And they're like, oh, use another one of my slasher f- f- friends. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of random, but. I, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, you fit, fit up. I'm completely changing it. I just want to talk about how weird the guy's job was. Um, <laughs> yeah. To put on the virtual reality glasses and like look in people's houses and he's what I didn't watching them have sex and like what is the curtains look like I just think that <laughs> that was a weird choice to have that be his job did you anyone mean you else think looking that? at the curtains Shelly <laughs> no no I was very was the primary okay <laughs> perfect it was it, <laughs> it, it that that was just a weird choice no yeah, I mean, it did confirm, like, when he's walking into the building, there's a voiceover that says it's a data mining company. So that is what they're doing. But it sure. is, um, so I think what, I think Fahad mentioned this last time, it does seem to, these are just videos that are posted on any of the social media apps that Zoo through maybe uh, handles in their portfolio or maybe even own. So it could be anything. I'm, there must be one where you, maybe it's an OnlyFans where you post, <laughs> naked, you know, because I, I, you couldn't do that on anything else. But uh but uh, yeah, one thing that I noticed this time that somehow I didn't see before was I don't understand why he needed to be in VR to do it. Because he puts that yeah. on, suddenly he's at a different desk watching videos on a different computer. It's like, why is that necessary? Well, Can you I, I think I know why they do that. But but before I get to that part, um, I think what I said last time, though, was that it could also be that these people, families, whatever, opted in to let their live cameras be viewed so that people could just go in at any time to see what's going on you know, what products are they using at that given time? What is the decor of the house, whatnot? Um, that's what I just thought it was. Cause there was like one point where like a little girl just kind of took the phone and was singing along to something. Right. Um, but uh, to your question about the VR stuff, the office itself that they were in was so depressing. There was nothing and they were all kind of like sardines, right? And like little sardine can, the way they were all scrunched up together. So doing the virtual reality to make them look like they have a nice single office, nice big space, I think is more so to help their um, psyche than it is anything else. It's to just not make them feel that they are for however many hours a day put in these little things next to each other, just watching this sad screen. The trade-off is it's also harder to keep that apparatus on and to strain your eyes in the VR situation for like eight straight hours. I, I don't yeah, but I'm sure they've uh, figured out the technology to make it work if they have technology to transfer your consciousness. Isn't this supposed to be 2008? What kind like, of a like 2008? Paral- oh, 2008? Okay, it's a parallel. Like we had already said, right? well, we didn't say now. Sorry, folks uh, listening to this. In our last podcast, we <laughs> did, say, not last, I'm not saying last in a weird British accent. In our last broad, broadcast, lost. Lost, L-O-S-T <laughs> broadcast, we said um, that wouldn't it be cool? Like this is one of those parallel worlds from the movie Parallel, where here's one of those weird technologies that just exists in this world. So. Shelly, was that wine? It was. It is. I'm so excited you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, to go back to what you guys were just saying, um, it's interesting what you said, Fahad, about uh, people choose to maybe let Zuthru watch them. Because there is a line when he goes back after his shift at work and he goes back to the house and all those people are having uh, her partying with his girlfriend where Rita says, I masturbate every day on online on camera so that Zuthru knows what brand of vibrator I like. And I'm wondering, is she saying that she does it on purpose so that they know what brand of vibrator she likes? Or is she like doing it because she's annoyed that they watch everyone, you know, like a privacy issue like we have with Facebook these days. But I don't know, I guess you could see that both ways that she's not annoyed about it she's just saying i i use it to my advantage or something <laughs> i don't know how that helps you but and then what do they do with that what is the purpose of data mining i don't get it i i think it's like for for the purpose in this movie i think it could be some big conglomeration or like big marketing company or something like so that they can see what brands people use of things what what are the styles people are interested in so they can gather all that information um, demographics like 
people in their 20s use this thing or do this and they do this. They mainly watch TV between these times of the day. They sit down together or they don't sit down together to eat. So it helps all these big companies know how to market and sell the products better to you. Um, it's basically like for data mining, like a lot of companies, Facebook and all of that, that's how they know what ads to show you on Facebook as you're scrolling through okay. because they're able to see the things you click on, the things you like on people's posts, the videos you watch. They use all of that data to be like, Shelly is this type of person. So we're going to show her this type of information at this time of the day while she's doing this thing because we know this is when she's more interested in this stuff. Gosh. Okay. The companies know us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense than I think what I said last time. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. And um, a lot of people think that that's scary. And that's where they get to the whole big brothers watching you. Like the idea that Google and Alexa, you know, they're listening. Like the, these devices, the Google homes and the Alexas and all are listening to you 24 seven. Um, and people are scared of that kind of stuff, but they use that information to what they say better serve you to get you the information you want when you need it. A lot of people don't like that. Whereas some people are like, who cares? You know, it's like, it makes my life easier if they know what I want before I know it. So it's a very interesting like debate that people have, like how much data is too much data that they have on you. But yeah. I'm on the side of, if it makes my life easier, learn about me i don't care I, i'm yeah i'm i'm kind of like i mean who knows when we're both gonna get like kicked in the butt and be like oh crap this is a problem but but for now i'm like i don't know my life's an open book who cares if they know what i'm saying or doing like i'm not doing anything wrong but <clears throat> the problem would be if you lived in a government where they decide what is wrong uh arbitrarily and they can just say we've decided you're an enemy of the state or you know, something like that, you know, some of these other countries around the world that have problems like this, then you have to be more careful. But I, so far America, United States is not in that situation yet. So I'm not too worried right now, but definitely if it got bad like that, I would say, I don't want them watching me anymore because I don't want the government asking Facebook to give them information on me so that they can determine that I'm an enemy and, you know, that could be scary. Yeah. Crap. So definitely like if you're in China or because um, I've seen documentaries that talk about that or probably even Russia, um, you would want to be a lot more careful. You wouldn't you would want to be you won't want to make sure you're only putting out there in the public what you are OK with the government knowing about <laughs> North <laughs> just Korea. on your own computer. So um, let's go back to. Uh, this this technology, this system they have for assassination and how Voss as an agent, how they use agents like her. Because I, I made a few notes here that I noticed this time. Uh, one of them is that um, there's a bit of acting involved, right? She tries to memorize, you know, his voice, like how he's supposed to behave. But I was, I was, I was really annoyed on her behalf that immediately on the like first day that he's there, he's there. Sorry. I'm going to get these pronouns mixed up because she is inside him. He's he, she's she, I don't know how, how I'm supposed to identify, but so they. she inside his body. Um, immediately the girlfriend is like, you're acting weird. And I'm like, ah, he's not acting weird. Why do you think he's acting weird? So I was going to ask, like, do you think that, that like, you know, Shelly, if, if Stuart or, or Takia, if Homer, I don't know. Do you think you would notice that there was something a little off or just assume, I don't know. He's just being a little bit different. It's not. A big I, thought, I thought about that. And I thought, yes, I would know. I would know if there was a woman. I mean, I just would know. It's like, if you live with someone 24 hours a day for many years, I think you would know they would have yeah. to, you would have to really do good research on how that person acted in the morning. Like if I woke up, to Stuart bringing me coffee, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's going to be on record. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like, you'd have to know every little thing, you know? I guess. I was trying to think about If this, he didn't like, take a shower in the morning, like you would have to know that kind of thing. Like if he, if Stuart did not take a shower in the morning, I'd be like, are you sick? What's wrong? Why, why are you not? Like you do that every morning. Like you know, but I'm, but would you, but would you just sort of accept it and say, Oh, it's just a, a weird, it's just a different day. Like, or, or maybe he's just trying to be nice, bringing you coffee or I, I'm, I'm trying to decide like it, would it, is it down to like 
super subtle things that we don't even know we know but we see them and we know that they're wrong is that what it is like like even the way like somebody makes a like scrunches their face when they're talking like if you make the wrong facial expression are they gonna be like who the fuck are you (laughs) i i i my opinion is yes i think so okay um what about you two you and fahad live together um as roommates, I'm not. Thank you for. I was oh, about like, you. to clarify. He is in the basement. As, as, and like house. really, good, like you all know each other as like really good friends. Correct. Um, I would say there are probably certain things that I do that if I stopped doing them, you would probably be like something's not right. Like if I started saying tour instead of tour, like. <laughs> I don't think that this assassin person would know that that's something between us, like of how yeah. to pronounce the word tour, which I say tour, Eric says tour. And he thinks it's weird if anybody in the world says tour. Um, but if all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, Eric, what do you think of Alanis Morissette going on tour? And I say it with a straight face and you're like, what, what, huh? Well, it's kind of like the good place. Oh, I can't, I don't want to ruin the good place for anybody, but never mind. I'm going to go watch it. Uh, it's, <laughs> for our know. listeners out there, I don't want to ruin it, oh. but go watch the good place listeners. It's an amazing show. Okay. I guess it depends on your personality. I think uh, Fahad and I might be hard to mimic <laughs> for an assassin. Maybe if you're more of a general person with a personality that's, I don't know, not too, I, it sounds like I'm t- t- saying that we're like really incredible people. And it's like other people. So are what are you trying to say? Too. But, you know, some, some people are just, their personalities are a little more average and maybe it's a well, little bit easier to like mimic them. You don't have, there's not much you have to learn about their idiosyncratic, you know, what? expressions or speech patterns. Well, I think Shelly's saying the same, you're saying the same thing with like Stuart, like there's things yes. you know about him that's unique, like that if somebody were to act a little differently, you'd be like, something's not right. But I don't think any one of us would jump to thinking that somebody has possessed us. No. No. But I, I guess it would depend. Also, you'd have to be, you'd pick someone. Okay. So like if I just had a boyfriend, like it wasn't my husband and that I haven't been with him since I was like 16 years old. If it were just someone I'd been dating for a few months that I happened to live with, that might yeah. be easier. Yeah. yeah that, that was, that's what I was thinking is that if I were in charge of this company, I would never ever pick somebody that's in an, uh, a full-time intimate relationship because you can't, it's hard to fake it with that person. Mm-hmm. If, if all you have to see is like acquaintances or even like friends, you know, maybe once or so, like in three days where you may have to make this kill, then it's probably a little easier. But if you're living with the woman and you wake up with her and she knows everything about you, that is a lot harder to fake. And it seems dangerous, you know? But, but to your and- point, it's only three days. So you can, you can make up any kind of excuse just for three days to be like, I'm just not feeling well. My head's really hurting. I'm just, I need to go like, you know, like you can make up excuses as to why you're feeling a little bit off. And it seems a bit brazen now that we're thinking about it and saying it, that she's, that they, she sleeps with her. Like that's, I mean, that's especially as a woman being a man, like that is completely a different experience. So that's. That is pretty bold. Yeah. It, it would be a very interesting experience and I'd probably have a hard time saying no too, but I mean, <laughs> it's technically a rape, but I guess since she's a murderer, she doesn't really she care. Doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> <Because of> whatever. <laughs> Remind me, what, what did you just We were talking about how we wouldn't pick an intimate partner. That oh it yeah. Be- oh, I think I was going to agree with Fahad. Like if it's just three days, I guess, um, I mean, the the other aspect is they they are trying to make it seem like in these last couple of days, this person is maybe a little off so that when people look who know them look back, they can say, oh, well, they were clearly like something snapped in them. And and that's why they killed everyone. Whereas if they had looked totally normal right up until they killed everyone, people would say that that doesn't make sense to me, you know? (laughs) So I guess it helps a little bit to make them look unstable. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I guess the company doesn't have any ethics in, in that not only do they murder the people that they're hired to murder, but they murder other people too. It just doesn't matter. Nope. As long as the job gets done. Yeah. Ruth and Takia. Yeah. Let's get you guys speaking up. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm trying to think of what, how to, because everything I, I like, like Shelly said, would not, would I recognize if Homer was different or something? I, 
I would, because you know, you live with somebody. I, I would recognize if, if something was off or slightly. You know, I, I don't know if it'd be possession, but I would something. I knew it was something was was off. So. Now, if you were in the body of a man and had the opportunity to sleep with a woman, would you take it just to see what it's like? I don't think so. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I, but would oh. you masturbate alone with yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know or you don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to say. Well, I know. I, I'm, pretty sure on Saturday. Will, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Ruth will say that if she was in the body of a man, she would definitely have sex with a woman to see what it's like. <laughs> but maybe not. Would you? <laughs> you can't say. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably would. Sure. <laughs> it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. <laughs> Got to know what that's like, right? <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a pretty good. Um, prosthetic penis by the way <laughs> unless it was real and it was like stitched into the scene or something <laughs> i wonder if there's somebody in the credits that's like penis this guy <laughs> we, we used his penis <laughs> um so uh so continuing on about like boss and how she does this work and how the assassins do this work um uh, you notice like every time she does like the exit interview, she goes through his stuff, but she, she also smells them because the sense of smell is closely tied to our memory. But I noticed for the first time that when she goes back and visits her family um, at the end of the night, she actually leans in and smells her son. And I think she was trying to decide whether he was really hers. She was smelling him to sort of see like, because she smelled those objects as sort of like to get the memory back and to, and to like prove, confirm for herself that these belonged to her. She smells her son to do the same thing. So she really feels like, how can this, how can this person be mine? Is this really my life? Like, you know, um, and I, I don't know if the smelling helped her figure that out, but, but I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that I before. Notice that. I noticed that either. Yeah. Huh. Oh, um, I had an interesting theory, and I wonder if you guys saw this, but um, I noticed this time around some images, you know, there's a lot of images spliced in and, and, you know, whenever there's like this identity confusion, a lot of like competing images, so it's very disorienting. And uh, it, throughout the film, before we even get to the end, there's at least two places where that happens. And in one of them, you see her ex-husband, Michael, uh, stabbed in the neck and bleeding and then the other you see her son sort of laughing and also uh injured uh there's a shot in his face i think and i'm thinking like oh, this is before those things even happen so i think on first viewing i thought oh she's imagining doing that to them or imagining that this happens to them but now i'm wondering is was this entire story like did her identity and memories get so messed up that even that this actually whole movie was her memory of what had happened but all like some of this stuff was mixed up because it comes later and she was confused and, you know, messed up about it. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the whole going into different people, I mean, that would really mess you up. Yeah. Just the way your mind works. Maybe the whole movie is not even real. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I was thinking about the, the idea of being in another person's body I thought of this when he's at the party and he has to stage that fight with the father. And so he gets dragged outside and then he gets punched in the stomach. Uh, it suddenly occurred to me, if that happens to me, like punch in the stomach, it's a very um, shocking thing if, if you get like hit suddenly, uh, that my first instinct would be to retreat. You know, it's the fight or flight thing. Uh, you would wanna like get away from the pain. And I feel like that would be in an instant, I would retreat from his body that's enduring the pain into my own. And that would, that would further complicate my control over him because, um, because just instinctually, I want to get away from the pain that's happening to me, which is why I was so uh, impressed with Gerder later being inside the little boy, because she gets, she gets shot more than once and she doesn't even like react to it. She like has so much control she's she just doesn't even feel the pain she's not she doesn't have that instinctual reaction to to get away from it and back to her own body where she's safe 
Um, so I don't even know like how you would do that. Cause you can't really account for it. Right. You can't like, no one knows when someone's about to punch you in the stomach, you know, <laughs> like, or who knows what else would happen. Just something suddenly physically that you want to get away from. And you- so when you are in someone else's body, so they feel the pain. It feels like you're saying this to us. Like, you know, you're, you're like telling me, no, I I'm, I'm asking <laughs> you're like, so, so when you very, are in someone else's in body, body, you do from personal experience, you do feel that pain and it's awful. <laughs> now I'm wondering, like, do you feel like, I don't know how that would work. Yeah. I don't know what, I, well, yeah. What do you feel when you're in them? I guess you feel the sensations. I think you do pain. So I think he, I think she definitely felt like the sex sensations. Well, and the calibration stuff that they do, like, yeah, you know, I think that's to make sure that they're feeling like, you know, their pain, the laughter, like all the sensations. Yeah. Hmm. The tuning. Uh, I thought it was interesting in that scene too, that Ava did not follow him out of the party. You'd think she'd run after him and say, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess that's narrative license. The script writers were like, well, we, we don't want her outside the party. So we'll just say that she just didn't. <laughs> Maybe she's yeah. just too upset with him to follow him out. <laughs> but I mean, if I were my boyfriend, I'd be like, what the hell's going on? And I'd walk out of the building and say, why did you just try to attack my father? But she yeah, doesn't. But she kind of, I, I just was annoyed a little bit about how she didn't talk back to her, her dad. But then again, <sighs> yeah, the dad's looking, like the dad's paying her salary everything and, yeah exactly and also she probably didn't want to do it at a party in front of all of his clients and friends or whatever um, but still it was just sad really? to see her standing there while he belittled her boyfriend remember that yeah uh, another scene you guys will probably remember me saying this last time but just it made me laugh again out loud this time so i have to repeat it but when he's gone to rita's place and, and then Eddie shows up, his friend from work. And it turns out Eddie is actually part, like, with the company. Um, I love that scene where Voss uh, hands him the gun and says, I need you to shoot me in the head because I can't make him pull the trigger. And he says, no, I'm a Christian. <laughs> it's still so funny to me. He's willing to work for that company. He knows exactly what they're doing. But, you know, that's a step too far for him. It's like, it, it doesn't really matter if you're pulling a trigger or not. You're helping them all pull triggers. So right. it's sort of a, a bullshit thing to, to claim. You're helping all these murders happen. Yeah, so you're Whether not much you're of a Christian. <laughs> this is your job. Well, Eric, it reminds me actually of American Horror Story, the second half. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the second half of Double Feature, where one of the guys is an Orthodox uh, Jewish person. And it's the Sabbath and he can't operate like a vehicle, but somebody else can drive it for like he can be driven around. He just can't something like that. Remember? And he was like, oh, well, as long as they're doing it, I'm not the one actually doing it. I think that's what it was, wasn't it? It was, but it, yeah, he said that they hire somebody to call the Shabbos. Uh, oh, that's what uh, it is. Thank Shabbos you. Boy. About driving. Yeah. yeah. Who, who just turns lights on for them. at the That's exactly it. Yeah. But yep. it's, it, that is also ridiculous because he's in the middle of a gay relationship, but turning lights on and off, that's just too much for his religion. <laughs> it's like, come right. on. But, you know? but that's, that's what I was getting at. Like they, it's against their religion to use electricity and all that stuff um, during that time, but they hire somebody to do all of that stuff for them. So they're still enjoying the fruits of it. Yeah. But, so, but, but still say, oh, but we're observing the religion. So this guy it's like, oh, no, I'm Christian. It's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to help everybody do whatever they need to to kill everybody else. I'm just yeah. not going to pull the trigger myself. <laughs> although, although to be clear, the, the, the religion doesn't say they can't have electricity that day. It, it says that they can't do any kind of work. And even turning on a light switch is considered like labor. Work. So yeah. they're not allowed to do that. But they, if somebody else does it, oh, that's fine. You know, it's, it's cool. I didn't do it. <laughs> Um, same thing, I guess, driving a car is considered like a labor um, that you should be avoiding. Be driven around. So be driven around instead. I would say getting out of bed in the morning is sometimes a labor. And I don't think I can hire someone to do that for me. Maybe carry me out of it, I guess. <laughs> Are we getting to our time? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's probably a good time to to move on to... Bum, 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 recast! which is where each of us on this panel choose a different actor or actress to play a character from this film. 
any era, uh, living or dead. And it does not mean that we didn't like the actor that played the character in the first place. Uh, it's just a, a fun exercise to imagine a different world where somebody else was cast and how it may have changed the film, made it better, made it just different and weirder. Uh, anything goes. Uh, and so we will start with Takia. Um, no. My recast was um, Tilda, oh, for her boss, for... Um, it was Tilda Swinton because I thought that she would um, do well. She, I thought she resembled her throughout the movie, and um, she's played in all kinds of really cool films, including some of the suspenseful ones. And so I thought that she would be good as the as the assassin. So I, I imagine her actually got a movie as boss. Like, okay, this is a, it'll be a good recast. So that's that was my recast, Tilda Swinton. She has those like haunted eyes, right? Just yeah. like yeah, Andrea Riceborough. So <laughs> yeah, that would work. Yeah. Okay, let's do Ruth. Okay, so mine was, I was going to say the same one. The blonde lady felt like she had a doppelganger. Um, Ellen's ex-girlfriend. Anne um, Hesh. Oh, uh, which one? Okay. Portia de Rossi or Anne Hesh? Oh, Anne Hesh, right? Yeah, because they kind of looked alike. So yeah, I thought mm-hmm. she could just fit right in. <laughs> and, I, and I would like to see Anne Hesh make a big comeback. You know, she was a film star for a hot second. Hmm. Um, and then it kind of just didn't, it went away. And I really, really enjoyed her. So that'd be cool. Let's do Shelly. Excellent. All right. I, unfortunately, I picked Voss as well, but I pick Gwyneth Paltrow, who oh. I think I said this last time, love hate relationship with that actress. So <laughs> I'm picking her. Did all these women have and I also, jagged, blonde, like, bone structure <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. but i i do think that uh, that she's a good act i think it would work i could see her as the evil assassin would that humanize her more maybe yeah Gwyneth is more human than tilda swinton <laughs> yeah it would also be nice to see gwyneth paltrow play evil you know like assassin like that would be yeah. fun or I can't believe no one's asked her to do that yet because doesn't she kind of have a little bit of a reputation for being a bit of evil in real life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she just needs to, it's sort of like the Catherine Heigl thing. Catherine Heigl kept playing nice girls and it's like, but everyone called her a bitch. So it's like when she finally played like a villain, it was like, yes, you were born to do this. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. You are a nightmare to work with. (laughs) Exactly. Next is Fahad. So I have two recasts. Um, the main one that I had is Voss also. Um, and in the movie, so I decided I went with somebody that wasn't blonde. You could dye her hair blonde if you want. Well, but you she, dyed Andrea Ricebrows anyway, so it's not natural. So you can, um, yeah, anyway. So I think that this actress could do a good job in the character. Uh, she, you know, has had a similar kind of badass kind of role before as Carrie Ann Moss. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And the reason being, I mean, I love Carrie Ann Moss ever since Models Inc. <laughs> oh, oh God. I know a lot of people Who's don't go that far back for her. They usually, yeah, they usually start at like the Matrix. Um, but that's also <laughs> oh. where it's like seeing her character from the Matrix, you know, a lot of similarities there. Um, we've seen her, you know, a little more recently in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. But uh, she'll be back in the Matrix this December. Uh, for those Very of you exciting. at a later time, December 2021 is what I'm referring to. Um, but yeah, so I think she could be fun there. And then my other recast was, I was thinking that, you know, they had some decent names in this movie, like Jennifer Jason Lee and Sean Bean. But I thought it would be cool if they had like some kind of a big name and did a Drew Barrymore with like how she did with scream have this big name assigned to this movie or attached to this movie people go watch it but then the character dies right away so i'm talking about uh recasting the girl in the beginning who was possessed and does the first assassination and having her recast with either leticia wright or lapita nyong'o so it's like you have this big up-and-coming actress one of whom is oscar nominated does she win Lupita, I think, has won. Right? Yeah, I think she might have won to so an Oscar winner. So it's like, oh, Possessor starring Lupita Nyong'o. And she's there and she's this like person that's possessed and she's going to go do this assassination and then she dies. And it's like, oh, okay. Was not expecting her to die right in the beginning of the movie. 
So um, Drew Barrymore? Yeah, yeah I was thinking the same Drew thing, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, my other thought. But cool. It. Well, you just um, mentioned Sean Bean, so I just want to briefly say... Um, it's funny because the whole world fell in love with him as Ned Stark and thought he was like the greatest father and protector ever. And, but I have seen him twice now play characters that are the most reprehensible human beings I've ever met. Uh, this one where he's just awful, like just the worst father, a horrible human being, but he's also um, a lead character on the uh, second season of Snowpiercer with Jennifer Connelly, the, the new series. I think it's one of the Turner companies puts that out. I don't know if it's TNT or TBS. I can't remember. But uh, he's also just horrible on it. You hate him so much. And I, I think that's fascinating. Um, people who can flip, although it's harder to flip back, I think. He might have a harder time now going back to playing like a nice guy that everyone likes. Because once you see someone be this bad, like this much of an asshole, it's hard to not hate them, right? So uh, to my recast, uh, I did not pick Voss. <laughs> Uh, so, um, sorry, Andrew Riseborough, we loved you in this. It just so happened everyone picked the main character. Um, but uh, I am not. I am picking uh, their friend Rita, the one that seems to have that old relationship with uh, Tate that she wanted to pick up on, even though he's with Ava. Um, because she reminded me of another actress <clears throat> that I like a lot. And now Fahad knows who she is because he's caught up on Slasher. So this also feeds into the whole thing where there's already two actors involved in Possessor who are from the Slasher series by Aaron Martin. And so I wanna pull in this third one with an even bigger part than the other two have. I want her to play Rita. Her name is Paula Brancati. Uh, and I like her a lot and um, Bahad uh, can attest she has, for most of Slasher, she's played characters you don't really like, uh, but in the final season, she gets to play a really nice girl. So she can, I think Rita sort of straddles that. Like, is she, she a night is she a good friend or is she a bad friend i don't know we didn't get to see enough of her to know for sure but she 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 definitely can she's walking that line and um and would have been more interesting so uh that's it for recast good job everyone uh as you said them i remembered i was like oh yeah that's what you said so uh i'm i'm proud of you all for remembering who you wanted <laughs> so let's move on to the ratings uh, everyone, I think, knows at this point how this works, too. We're going to open our chat. Everyone's going to put their number in there from uh, zero to five, including quarters, if you want to be very specific about how much you enjoyed this or did not enjoy this movie. So just type them into the chat, and I will count down uh, to, once you have them, put your thumbs up so I know, and then I will count down to zero, and we can all hit enter to see them at the same time. So we will not influence each other. Okay, I got my thumb up. I see Ruth, I see Shelly. I don't know if he is off camera. There's Fahad's. Is your thumb on camera? I don't think so. There it is, okay. <laughs> Were you holding it out here? <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, three, two, one, zero. <laughs> ba boom, boom. All right. So Fahad, if you'd like to do the honors again, I'll read these out to you. Or actually, no, let's do it like we usually do. Shelly can read them out. How dare you take my job away from me? Sorry. <laughs> All right. Tell me when you're ready. Ready? Yep. All right. Three, four, 2 2.75, 2.75, 3.75. 3.25. 3.25. Oh, it's lower than I would have liked. So Eric, you went up 0.25 since last time. You know what I had last time? Because you and I had the same score. Oh, and you remembered yours? I remembered mine and I kept yeah. it. Well, like I said, I on the rewatch, I don't know, it, it settled with me better. I think I also suffered from going into it, expecting certain things. Uh, but now that I know what the movie is, I when I rewatched, I was just totally on board with what the you know what the tone was and everything, and I, I found myself enjoying it more. So, it's it's hard to your expectations are hard to overcome sometimes. Uh, any anyone else want to make any final comments after their rating about maybe why I see a couple of low ones? Uh, well, they're low to me. Under three is low in my opinion. So I don't think that two point seven five is low. I think that's good for me. If we go, I want to go back. I thought we are we gonna make like um gonna make like a chart to yeah, see what we all score every movie. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever scored above a 3.5. Wow, okay. Shelly's the one to impress in these movies. That that's exactly that's right. 
<laughs> so you guys know Shelly even more because you've known her for decades. So, uh, so Takia, Ruth, and Fahad, you need to try to wreck your brains. What would be a movie that gets a five out of Shelly? Gosh. No, oh, I don't oh, even think that's possible. <laughs> I, I was talking to Stuart about that the other day. I was saying, I don't know because he couldn't believe that. I could only think of one. Well, what would that be? I was going to make you guess. Oh, <laughs> Godfather? I can't even imagine. Yeah, Godfather. No, not Godfather. <laughs> it's That's close though, Ruth. Oh. Scarface? Oh, Scarface is terrible. Um, Milk know. Money starring Melanie Good Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Uh, Goodfellas. Wow. Goodfellas? Interesting. I haven't seen Goodfellas. Never seen it. I Me mean, either. Okay. Well, put it on your list, Shelly. Maybe you have to make us watch it. I was going to say, spoiler alert for a future movie. <laughs> I like Christina. <laughs> well, that's a good segue to let's do our final order of business, which is Takia introducing uh, next week's movie. Okay, so um, I picked a, uh, a, I love the Sundance Film Festival movies. And um, yeah, my next, our next movie is The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Um, this is about a, it's a coming of age, coming of age movie about a teen girl who's, um, is, well, she's found out to be a, a lesbian and she is sent to the, um, to a gay conversion therapy center out in a rural area to, um, well, to have her, what you call re, uh, brainwashing? where you are um re something to um reconditioned <laughs> keep on going but, but yeah educated re-educate her maybe she just needs a calibration <laughs> <laughs> lesbian <laughs> no basically turn from from gay to straight and this is what her you know and it, it's a, a religious um gay therapy center so they're um so you will see what what happens. Will she turn, will this succeed and turn her straight or will she just stay her true self? You will find out. <laughs> I have a feeling yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. so, so where can we watch this? <laughs> this can be seen on Amazon Prime. Wonderful. I think we, would, we can all handle that. <laughs> Great. So um, I think that concludes your episode. I declare... Uh, this episode concluded. In fact, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave a comment or a review. Thank you. Everyone say bye. 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 bye.